This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. It's time to revisit your strategy, but look at it through the lens of where you are truly differentiated as you think about what you're investing in. Think about partnership or think about how you can change the game. This is not the time to be trying to do it all. Come back to your operations and think about how you can focus and what makes us great, what we can do exceptionally well. Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Trevor Duran. We're thrilled this summer that our executive summit gets to return with an in-person option on July 28th and 29th, followed by a virtual option the next week on August 2nd and 3rd. For those of you who've known SG2 for a while, you know that the Executive Summit is our opportunity to share our perspective on the biggest strategic issues across the healthcare landscape. And here with me to preview this year's summit, I have three of the senior most enterprise thought leaders from SG2, Bill Woodson, Jennifer O'Connor, and Brianna Motley to help me do that. And so thank you all so, so much for joining us again. Bill, the theme is new energy, new urgency, healthcare hits, reset. How are strategy leaders approaching planning right now with new energy and new urgency? Thanks, Trevor. When we came up with this title nine months ago, we had an idea of what might be in discussion this time of year. It's a little bit different than what we expected or maybe hoped for because of the operating margin conditions and the financial realities that our members are facing now because of workforce and supply costs. Having said that, most of our members across the board are taking on a renewed look at their long-term strategic plan. And that might be a 2028 plan, it might be a 2030 plan, and that's academic systems and community systems alike. For the academic systems, in many cases, they've gotten a lot bigger over the last few years since their last plans, and they're thinking about how to pull the pieces together, including their academic and research engines, and maybe they'll put philanthropy in that bucket as well. And they've never really had to plan this way before. That's a unique challenge. The community health systems, uh, in a similar way, have gotten larger because of partnerships or mergers. This is a new type of plan, and for most systems, it's a 9 to 12-month exercise. That is a top-of-mind issue for many of our members right now. At the same time, there's urgency in the near term. So there's a tension about short-term versus long-term perspectives, and in the short-term, it's the competitive dynamics, given the market that they're in, it might be the new entrants, it might be private equity, it might be just about the volumes that are there or the volumes that are not there and accelerating access for backlog and certain types of patients. For the planners, but the tension between the here and now tactically and a longer term future that brings the pieces together differently is occupying their time, including a role in what innovation means for the future of their health systems. Just to build on that a little bit, Bill mentioned, One of the biggest questions that we're getting within my team is around digital and what is the right balance of what you invest in when it comes to digital. We all recognize that there's been a little bit of a deceleration, but keeping that long-term perspective in mind, how do you use digital, leverage digital to truly transform the care experience, bring care closer to the patient? There's a bit of a tension there given the economic environment and the investment that is needed. How do you balance the risk of not doing anything now with the need need to truly transform care delivery in the long term. So that is something that we'll touch on at a high level during the summit as well. Thank you, Brianna. And Jennifer, it's all about the biggest areas that hit reset. I am fresh off of PTO, Trevor. So I'm all about the new energy. (laughs) 
We've been looking forward to something to be excited about. So that new energy part of the conference theme has been something we've been focused on. And I hope that members are excited about that as we are. Bill mentioned this idea of attention that the planners are experiencing right now. And that's something we heard recently in our strategy exchange session where our senior strategy leaders come together once a quarter and discuss their work and how it's going. And there was this real sense from some that there's a new energy around prioritization. We got good at it during the pandemic. We had to focus. Now we really need to prioritize. Finances feel really tight. And interestingly, a couple of people raised their hand and said, said, I hear you, but right now we have this urgency. We feel behind. It's been two years of head down pandemic focus. Our competitors, particularly non-provider competitors, we feel are leaps and bounds ahead of us in the moves they've made in the last two years. So we can't prioritize. We feel like we have to do it all to catch up. That kind of new energy, new urgency tension and how it's hitting the planners right now, I think is really interesting. This conference couldn't come at a better time in my mind. Jennifer, you get to team up with Bill and kick us off with the keynote. What areas are you guys going to cover? Not surprisingly, one of the biggest resets everyone has experienced to some varying degree. Brianna mentioned digital, and I think virtual visits was the original reset. We went from zero to 100 in the matter of weeks, days. Some of those folks set up their virtual platforms at the beginning of the pandemic. And we've continued to use virtual visits as a means to see patients. And there's been a lot of questions. Brianna and her team get these all the time. Is this really going to stick? Are we really going to get paid? How will we use this going forward? We can debate the degrees and the ways in which we will use virtual visits, but there's no denying that it has become a part of how we care for patients. We'll talk a bit about virtual visits as one of the biggest resets, and we'll dig into the disparity that we see among specialties. There are certainly some, like behavioral health, that have really taken off. Over 50% of all their visits now are done virtually and actually increased in 2021 over 2022. So they did not see that kind of return to in-person that other specialties did. We have some specialties, though, that definitely had a retraction in virtual visits as a percentage of overall. And some of them are our specialties with the longest wait time. So that feels like a huge opportunity to us to really leverage this reset in very specific areas. We'll jump into that. And then Bill mentioned workforce. We couldn't possibly talk about reset and not talk about our approach to workforce and how we need to rethink our approach to workforce, given the realities of the shortages that we face today. And we'll talk through a three-pronged approach that we expect health systems to embrace moving forward if they want to successfully navigate what will be a choppy road ahead from a workforce perspective. We are not going to get out of this in the near term. So there's going to be a segment of our workforce that has embraced a gig economy approach, and we're going to need to meet them where they are. That's going to change some of the sort of structures and scheduling that we do in healthcare. And if we want to have talent. We're going to learn how to be a little more hip and a little more gig. There's a committed core and they've been with us through the pandemic. They want to work full-time, traditional shifts, but they are burnt out and tired. We need to really recommit to reestablishing a culture of safety, wellness, and just love for doing clinical work. That's what these people love and we need to support them in doing that. And then there's a third 
group that actually we've come to understand thanks to the health equity work that we've done for patients. If you actually flip that around a little bit, you can look at vulnerability for your own employees who in many cases come from those same zip codes where we see challenges for patients in food security, transportation, financial stability. We've started to do some pilots using the Vizient Vulnerability Index, but pivoted towards your employees. We think that's really interesting work and another segment of your employee base that you'll need to be aware of. Thanks for going through those. I'm excited to hear more. Bill, throughout the summit, your pushing members were introducing a new equation for growth. That's going to include new data, include some new planning approaches. As strategy teams re-engage with the traditional hard work of strategy, what are you hearing from them? What are you hearing from members in this area? What we're hearing is it's not only new approaches, it's a way of using some traditional approaches with renewed focus, energy, discipline, and not that it's some huge reveal, but the formula that we're using to describe the new formula for growth is relevance plus diversification times scale. Relevance refers to how you're relevant to consumers and to payers in your market. So two different types of strategies and consumers arising to the top, depending on the market you're in and using new tactics, new data to bring them into the system. So that's the relevance. Diversification gets into differentiation in your core clinical products and service lines. And then for our larger system members, it's also revenue diversification. And we'll have a special session, a breakout session just on that topic. We get some help from our new partners at Kaufman Hall. It's increasing a question that we get, as you and Jennifer know, and the opportunities are still early, but our large members are counting on those, those revenue sources for the future. So we have relevance, diversification, and then scale. Scale is about reach to new populations and new geographies, the ability to scale certain types of programs, and scale also getting into how you activate your strategy at the local market level, particularly if you're in a multi-market system. That seems to be a challenge right now to bring it to life. And as Jennifer reminded me, embedded into this new growth philosophy is a hunger, as we've heard from our members, for different types of data. So that's claims data, and we're trying to bring as much of that to the market as possible as quickly as we can. Data on consumers and consumerism and their attitudes and behaviors and how they've changed pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, and then new sources of competitive information. And more and more of our members are going through something like a wargaming exercise about what will their competitors do next coming out of the last couple of years versus the capabilities of their own system and how should they respond and pivot. The other data that's increasingly available to the strategists and planners is now coming from the quality side. And many of our members use something from our parent company, Vizient, called the Clinical Database, the CDB, incorporating that into service line plans, into enterprise plans about where you're good, where you're not, where you have advantage is going to be, we think, more and more important to the overall planning process. That's great, Bill. And I think we'll really speak to, Jennifer, some of what we've heard from the strategy exchanges of, yeah, everyone wants consumer and better claims data, but they don't feel like they're there yet for the most part. Brenna, you get to wrap up the summit. You have an encouraging message, challenge, call to action to our members. What's the key message? Why is it important for strategy leaders to hear right now? Thanks, Trevor. We're going to explore the tension throughout this conversation between trying to play catch up and trying to reset your strategy with the financial environment that we're in today and the workforce challenges that also exist. 
Our challenge to our members is to maintain their focus. So yes, it's time to revisit your strategy, but look at it through the lens of where you are truly differentiated as you think about what you're investing in. If you have services, if you are contemplating offerings that competitors have come to market with, but you don't have a way to differentiate yourself in that offering, then think about partnership or think about how you can change the game. This is not the time to be trying to do it all. We fall victim to that in healthcare quite often. But our message is don't do it all. Figure out where you can let go, come back to your operations and think about how you can focus. All of that is important, especially within the vein or the lens of the economic environment that we're in right now. We can't afford to chase the squirrel. We have to really be thoughtful about where we invest and come back to what makes us great, what we can do exceptionally well. I think that'll be a great message for folks to hear and leave with after inevitably many of our sessions may not have as positive of a tone because it's a tough environment now. They're being pushed to do a lot and there are a lot of those tensions. That kind of covers some of the biggest plenary sessions. But of course, there's breakouts throughout around health equity, care at home, financial strategy, consumerism, alternative revenue, life sciences. And of course, there'll be presentations from our partners at Kaufman Hall. Which of those sessions are you looking forward to? Or are they discussions that you're already hearing a lot from members? Brianna, you get first pick. I am super excited about our Care at Home breakout session. And part of that is because this is a question that we are getting a lot from our members. What is Care at Home? What does this mean? What does this look like? How do we execute on this? What I'm really excited about is that we're going to go much far beyond acute care at home, which everyone knows is kind of what's been in the news, and challenge our members to think about different opportunities outside of acute care at home that they can put into place that align with their strategy and really enable bringing care closer to patients, but also thinking about reducing readmissions, reducing length of stays. We'll provide a framework for how do you think about that? How do you break down that landscape? And then we'll have a number of my SG2 colleagues who are doing work in this space come and tell a bunch of member stories. We think this is the true value of this session. What are we seeing at different organizations? How are different organizations prioritizing different programs within the broad landscape or a broad umbrella of care at home without giving too much away? That's what we'll be talking about and hope you all will join us for that. Am I allowed to ask Brianna a question? Please. This might be a spoiler, but selfishly, since I've got you here, Brianna, my last three presentations have devolved into a conversation of sniff at home. Yeah. So I'm just curious if that's where you're seeing large groups of our members go to, or if I just happen to get three who landed at Sniff at Home, is that like the hot spot, or did I just get a random sample? Not random at all, Jennifer. Sniff at Home is top of mind, especially because of lack of access right now, especially in post-acute care. And so a lot of systems are trying to figure out what alternative strategies can we put in place to be able to transition patients out of the hospital more quickly, more efficiently, especially when we don't have those networks available, that capacity available from a post-acute standpoint in our market. One of the things we'll talk about is there are actually two different levels that we see of sniff at home. There's high acuity sniff at home and low acuity sniff at home. And what you are able to put in place there certainly depends on kind of the capabilities of your infrastructure today, as well as your patient population and the clinical needs and clinical demands that require it. All right. Thanks. That was helpful. Yeah. I'm taking notes. Jennifer, which of these sessions are you looking forward to? Or is it another question you've been hearing a lot from members? Not to sound self-serving, I'm moderating the workforce panel, so it is top of mind, but we'll delve a little deeper. Thanks to some colleagues who are joining us across Vizient and some of our partners. So some of the leads from Vizient Advisory Services who are out there every day helping you figure out how to reconfigure staffing 
given what's going on, our own Janelle Kwan will join the panel. We'll talk a little bit about AI and how we're seeing that as a support mechanism when we're challenged in workforce. We'll also have our friends from VIA Workforce Solutions, which is contract labor, formerly part of Vizient, spun out about a year ago, who really have the pulse right now on what's happening with contract labor and, in fact, have been working on projections for the next 12 to 24 months, what we can expect in terms of use of contract labor. Are we really seeing the demand come down? Are we seeing the rates come down at all? We'll talk through that. And I think most importantly, what it'll take to give people that glide path so we can get people off of contract labor and back into our organizations, even if it's not full-time for those who want a more flexible schedule, at least we can bring down that agency rate, which is such a drag on the margin. We'll definitely dig in there. The one I'm excited about that I have nothing to do with is around health equity. I mentioned tensions earlier, and we've talked about it throughout. There's been an acknowledged tension, particularly for our planners, that health equity is now a stated goal of many of our organizations. And yet, the decisions to put money toward those efforts sometimes seem in direct conflict with our need to grow and grow in zip codes with great commercial coverage. And that's a tough tension. And how do you navigate that? And we've talked about having some discussion as part of that breakout group around that very tension. And that's a really interesting way to get at that amidst some fun talks and we'll present some information. We're also going to garner some conversation and see what folks in the audience have been doing to navigate those tensions. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited for those as well. Bill, how about you? Maybe it's a specific session. Maybe it's in general. What are you looking forward to for the summit and any closing thoughts? I'm really excited about the sessions we're going to do with Kaufman Hall. For as long as I've been at SG2, we've talked about the need to bring together strategic planning with CFO and financial planning. And we have a couple of sessions dedicated to specifically that. We're going to unpack the term, what financial resilience means moving forward, as well as revenue diversification. But we think our audience, regardless of title, needs to understand how the core business needs to fit together moving forward with the investing arm of the health system, particularly with the large systems, and then the capital organization and how that capital is deployed. This world has been incredibly siloed for as long as I've been in healthcare. And now is the urgency, the energy to kind of bring those pieces together. We're excited just to bring some different perspectives, some different language. We'll have more CFOs at this meeting and a pre-session with CFOs the day before. I'm very excited about that. For the most part, I think our members are feeling while a bit uneasy about the current financial performance, optimistic about some of the bold moves they can make over the next few years, in part because their balance sheets remain fairly strong. We'll continue to watch that. But we do want to raise the issue, and this will come up in some of our clinical sessions, about just the weight of clinical acuity on the overall health system, the high acuity of patients that need to be treated in the inpatient hospital, outpatient settings, and the tension that's going to bring across systems as they take on service distribution. At the same time, depending on your market, the influx of new entrants and private equity to shake up other aspects of the system of care. There's a lot of things in the environment right now that make our theme relevant, and we're excited for the time we're going to have with the group. It should be terrific. Right. I'm excited to see the energy in the room and hear what people are talking about. I hope they'll be excited to get back together in person. If not, there'll be a lot virtual. Thanks all for sharing kind of a quick overview of what's going to be a day and a half of terrific content and conversation with our members. Thanks for joining us as always. Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, 
comments or ideas for episodes, and you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Additionally, I recommend that you check out some of the other Visient podcasts, which cover a range of clinical and operational areas. Those can all be found at visientinc.com backslash podcasts. Thank you.